creating the sense that I don't understand why anybody votes against bringing the idea and having the debate. And then you've got all the amendments if you don't like the bill. This is a whole new concept of individuals that just want to burn the whole place down. It, it doesn't work. Things stand. So as of right now, GOP leaders have decided to send members home for the rest of the weeks after a tumultuous few days here in the House. They initially had planned to put a short-term funding bill on the floor on Saturday after they included a number of conservative priorities to try to win over hardline critics. But that was not enough. So now it's back to the drawing board, and we're told the new strategy is going to be focusing on individual spending bills. They're long-term spending bills. But the problem there is that they would need to pass 11 individual spending bills within the next nine days or so in order to avoid a government shutdown. And those bills would be dead on arrival in the Senate. And so it is looking increasingly likely that there is going to be a government shutdown. We've been following a developing situation at the U.S. border with Mexico, where we are seeing a surge in migrants. Here in the last 24 hours, there were 8,600 border arrests. Now President Biden is sending another 800 troops to the border. We have CNN's Ed Lavandera in Eagle Pass, Texas, which just declared a state of emergency due to this surge. Um, Ed, tell us about this surge. Why are we seeing this sudden rise in new arrivals? Well, we've had a chance over the last few days uh, working along the U.S.-Mexico border from El Paso here to Eagle Pass, where we're at. And we've spoken with many migrants. Um, and the overall theme of, that we've heard from them as to why all of a the sudden uh, they're crossing in these kinds of numbers and between ports of entry, which essentially hits them as, as an illegal entry and can cause uh, problems for them as they move through the immigration process in the U.S. But many of them say they're just simply desperate, that they're coming from countries, uh, dictatorships like Venezuela, Venezuela, uh, and it is just unsafe for them and that they've been traveling for months to reach the U.S.-Mexico border. Many of them, Brianna, also tell us they've been waiting uh, to travel and, and enter into the U.S. through uh, this program that was set up called the CBP-1 app, where essentially you request a meeting, you wait your turn, and then you cross when you get that appointment. But many people say they're just simply tired of waiting, that they've been waiting for months to get those appointments. And, um, and that's perhaps one of the reasons why we're seeing this massive influx of immigrants and migrants crossing into the U.S. illegally. Here in Eagle Pass, we've seen hundreds and hundreds throughout uh, the day. It might be a little bit hard to make out because many of them are now uh, held in, uh, are in custody now underneath this bridge. But in the shadow, you have hundreds of migrants who are waiting to be processed. We're told some will be processed and charged with trespassing uh, from the state, from state authorities, and others will be processed by Border Patrol. Brianna? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I'll be brief and leave yield my time since I'm kind of wasting my time here. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas, do you take full responsibility for all decisions of action and in, in, or inaction made at your agency? Do you personally take full responsibility for, uh, for all of the decisions made at your agency? I'm the secretary of the department. So it means I, yes. I bear ultimate responsibility so, for the decisions so yes. made. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that in your definition you have operational control of the border. Can you define what you mean by that? Uh, what we mean, um, because the, the, under the Secure Fence Act, it uh -huh. means that not a single individual would cross the border. Under that definition, no administration has had operational control. <laughs> so the what way, number do you have? I, five million, ten, if less than five or ten, or le less than a couple hundred thousand get away or more? I mean, what is your definition? What we do... Uh, Congresswoman, as we do you have look, a number? What we do is we look at the resources that we have available to us 
and ask ourselves, are we deploying those resources to achieve the most effective results for the American people? That is what we do, and we are hopeful, working with you and other members of this committee, to increase the funding for the Department of Homeland so, so Security. So far, we hear so funding, we funding, funding, but I've been at the border and you've been at the border too. How would you grade your job from on a scale of zero to 10? How would you grade yourself? Congresswoman, I am immensely proud to so work. What, how would you grade yourself? Congresswoman, I am immensely proud to work with the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security. No, yourself, Security. Your, your job, not all of the women. I love a lot of, I'm sure there are a lot of great men and women in your department. How would you rate your job? as the head of your agency? It is the honor of my From life. From zero to 10, so you cannot grade it. How would, how would grade your preparedness to this committee meeting on scale from zero to 10? We ask information, you all these promises, ladder. I'm not wasting my time. I'm sorry, I don't want to use bad word, what you can do with all this ladders because we keep giving money and sending ladder and you tell us BS back. So how would you rate yourself, your preparedness to this committee? It is the honor of my lifetime to work with the men. So from scale zero to ten, how would you say how prepared you came to this hearing? Uh, I will repeat uh, what I said. So you're not answering any questions. You are not answering any Republican question. Is it something that you intend to not respond to any questions of Republicans? You came with that intent. That is incorrect, Congressman. Well, you're not answering any questions. It is. I mean, I, every time I hear you say, we will, we will, we shall, yeah, I don't know. You don't, you don't know any numbers. You don't even know how many people you actually, you know, you, you prosecuted, how many people you deported, you're nothing. How can you say you know how you, your department is run? As executive, you don't know these numbers? Congresswoman, let me share with you. Well, you haven't shared anything useful here. Let me share I'm with sorry you. I, to tell you, I'll yield to Chairman Jordan because I'm not going to be wasting your time with this charade and circus. You do not have an intent to do that. And it is a serious national security issue. This border and cartels are stronger. A lot of money and Joes are making who knows what and probably a lot of corruption over there. And we have a national security crisis. And you're sitting here and saying, you know, looking at us with very smiley face, it's unacceptable. But I yield to Chairman Jordan. Thursday's 21 September, the year of our Lord, 2023, on, in the nation's capital, Kevin McCarthy's uh, reign as speaker is coming unglued. And the reason, if you get down to it, is just the games, the games, the games, the games. You saw yesterday we did the special where we did the 21-minute open with, uh, with Merrick Garland uh, getting grilled, and we ended with Congressman Victoria Sparts. I wanted to play that from a couple of weeks ago because the invasion of the southern border only gets worse. Eagle Pass, Texas, the mayor has declared a state of emergency. As you saw right there for those our TV and live stream viewers, uh, the Chiron at CNN said the 2,500 National Guard troops have been called up are not for enforcement. They are simply there to act as concierge to help the illegal aliens through. Uh, Congressman Victoria Sparts, uh, first off, I want to just go to the developments today. You're one of the people that have demanded accountability. You don't, you're tired of playing games. You want to get to the basics of these, of these uh, um, appropriations bills to get the woke and weaponized out and to cut the spending. Just give us your assessment of where we stand today. Pretty historic that I think Kevin McCarthy sent you guys home today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve, for doing that and informing the American people. Unfortunately, the American people have been lied by Congress and politicians for too long, and it's sad for me to see. But you know what? American people are not stupid. And actually, we underestimate. American people are frustrated, and, and a lot of them frustrated. But I'll be honest with you. 
leadership takes courage and takes actions. And, you know, when you deal as a leader, you have to deliver results. We can do a lot of talk. We can make a lot of grandiose statements and fight China on Fox News. But in reality, it doesn't matter. Writing books, making statements and messaging bills doesn't make a difference for Americans. In Americans, in our country, facing some serious national security crises and issues. So I used to say, Kevin, pick three hills to die and it will take them. Now I actually say, pick one. Pick one and let's deliver it for the American people. And it's sad for me that we are right now because we didn't want to work hard and actually deliver it because it's hard. It's too much work, you know, and I am one of the few people that willing to give, you know, another chance to Kevin if we fight for the border, if we fight to deal with our debt. But there are some people that very dig in. You know, he put himself in difficult situations. Some people I cannot believe and not agree not to pass the appropriation. I personally fought with Kevin to have that rule done. And now we are a few days left and we didn't pass the appropriation bill. So I told him, you have to talk to them and now figure out how you can get them on board. But it's becoming tougher and tougher now. Congressman, I think here's the audience is 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 confused, and you know we're we're this is a MAGA activist audience, as, as I know you're aware. When the deal was cut, and look, we didn't like the deal, but when the deal was cut, there was this there was an agreement on the appropriations bills that each individual committee would work through. There'd be regular order. We would get the cuts in that, and also get the woke and weaponized, if not out, at least identified. Um, and then McCarthy sent everybody home for six weeks. Do you believe was this always a plan of McCarthy to come back and just have a crisis because they didn't want to actually have you as a as a, you know these committee members actually get in and start talking about what had to be cut out of the budget to make sure that we could get some some sort of sanity on the on the fiscal spending? I think I'll be honest with me. I don't think, unfortunately, uh, a leadership of our party. And listen, Kevin is not cause of it. You know, he is a symptom of this system, Washington, D.C. It's not personal at all. The challenge is, you know, a lot of people like him and a lot of many others that some people might think even like, but, you know, they don't know much about them in reality. I mean, the last job he had when he had the internship in college, he doesn't live in the reality, hasn't lived for years now in reality of American people. A lot of these people live in D.C. They don't even go in the district except cutting a ribbon. Actually, the time in August is really, you know, the time when you have to spend in constituency. But we had times in January to deal with these bills. And we had an agreement to start with 22 numbers. 23 numbers were like so inflated. They put so much junk. So he had agreement with conservatives in a good face to start with 22 numbers. Well, they didn't start. And he can blame committee chairs and he can blame all other people in leadership. In reality, is a leader who elected to these people. He has six votes on select committee, on the steering committee to elect people, and they pretty much take them out or put them in. You are responsible for, don't blame people under you that they didn't do it. You set the tone of the leader and ultimately take responsibility. You take credit for everything we win and you take for every loss, you're going to be accountable. So now he put himself in a very difficult situation. It's an unfortunate situation because we were able to pass some good policies and understand that it's all starting point. We have to negotiate, you know, uh, with the Senate, but we could hold the ground on some very important issues and win. We didn't win on the border and debt ceiling negotiation. We didn't win on real issue to move the debt. We didn't, you know, unfortunately, we didn't 
it decreased the amount of unauthorized spending. We didn't even pass the budget yet or appropriation bill, which was an agreement. So we're going to not do business as usual. You know, we improved some things on the rules because we put some good people there on the rules that willing to fight the righteous fight. That's the only thing happened, you know, that we forced, but even our rules on 12 appropriation, we fell on that now. So I think it's, you know, he will have to now be able to explain and figure out what he's going to do. Explain. I think it was a tweet you put out the other day. Uh, you said that you thought uh, McCarthy was weak and this Congress was worthless. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that was it. What, what, do you, what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, I thought I said, okay? I actually don't spin my words. I actually mean it. If we cannot do anything for the Republic, for the American people, having leadership, we can always talk, oh, we'll have this perfect aligning and star someday. No. You are right now in the position American people gave you majority, large, small, whatever you have, you are in charge of the House. You cannot say that the issue was created by many Congresses. These issues are so material now, the magnitude is so significant that solutions are not going to be easy. But not dealing with them will create a lot of situations where we're talking about national security security calamity on some of these issues. If we're not starting moving the needle on them, at least incremental. So if you're not going to, you know, try to make a difference and have some of these wins for the American people, and it's not a partisan issue. You know, it's not an issue border, it's not an issue of Texas or Arizona. We have now Democrat mayor of New York alarmed. We have citizen Indiana that have a huge problem. So this is an issue that are bipartisan issues. And Americans all affected. Each state is a border state. And you cannot deliver anything on that. Then why should people vote for us? It will give an excuse to say, you know what, they're all the same. And then people get frustrated with us. And then they elect some people that, I mean, listen, not just promoting socialism, they're promoting dictatorship closer to communists, which is very disturbing. Congressman, if you can just hold for a second, we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return with Indiana's Victoria Sparts. We've got Andy Ogles is going to be with us. I think Tim Burchett. We may have a couple other surprises. Take a short commercial break. We're going to return with the firebrand from Indiana in the war room in just a moment. Former KGB colonel Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is no friend of the United States, called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS conference in South Africa. As Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. We call this the de-dollarization movement. Now, as demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. With thousands of happy customers 
an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews. You can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon at 989898 to claim your free information kit. Use your agency. Do it today. Not to be afraid of my government, but I wanted to tell you, and I want to share with you and get your thoughts on that. Are you aware that a lot of Americans are now uh, afraid of being prosecuted by your department? Are you aware about that? Are you aware of that? I'm just saying, are you aware or not? Uh, I think that uh, constant attacks on the department and saying no, it's that not attacks. Well, let me let me give you an example. I don't know. We talk what... about January 6. People. I'm sorry. Here, there, there are some people came on January 6. There are probably were some people that came on January 6 here. You know that had bad intent. But a lot of good Americans from my district came here because they are sick and tired of this government not serving them. They came with strollers and the kids, and there was chaotic situation because the proper security wasn't provided. That's a question that was answered really why. Why we debated for 45 minutes on the floor and didn't stop the debate after the people broke in into the Capitol. But these people came, they were throwing the smoke bombs into the crowd with strollers with kids. People were showed up, you know, FBI agent to people's houses. You had in my district, in my town, FBI phone numbers all over the district. Please call. Call that. People are truly afraid. I just want to make sure if you're not aware that you are. And this is a big problem when people are afraid of their own government. And I'll share some other things. We're talking about justice system. I don't question. You're probably not a bad person. I don't know you. But well, I'll tell you, you're in charge of the department. And people right now feel, you know, I look at Durham report and I call on the FISA violations of queries of millions of Americans, right? It's like KGB, but when I read Durham reports, we have this, you have a nice, you know, playbook. First, let's have a special counsel, and then you don't have to answer any questions here. Then, let's extend slow work investigation on Hillary Clinton, on Hunter, Everything is slow walk. We were very quick on Donald Trump, but you were very slow walk. Then, by the time, you know, that investigation ended, statute of limitation expired, and all of your agents need to be tested for amnesia. No one recalls anything. Okay, you probably should have as part of your hiring policy. So no one held accountable, which was egregious what happened, you know, in that report. When I read with them, I can't believe it happened in the United States of America. This is... My frustration, I'll be honest with you. Then, it's very interesting, you know, regardless what it is, even people in Obama administration raise concerns. You know, how can President Sanz be serving on, you know, corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs? Do you understand that it actually can undermine the one Ukrainian effort and policy? I think these concerns were raised. The Obama administration didn't do anything about it. These people are dying right now, and Americans don't trust this president. So you, I want to ask you one thing. 
you know, as you, you know, I don't need answer because I know you're not going to, but I think you're probably good American and you care. And a lot of these people are so afraid they cover up this stuff, I think, in your department because they're embarrassed that what we became as a country to say that what our Department of Justice became. That allows Russians to do propaganda in Chinese. It allows them to destabilize our country. That is danger to our republic. It is significant danger. And I have just one more question from you. You know, I mean, I agree on corporate crimes and FISA stuff, even with Democrats, that we need to do a better job. One more question for you. Do you believe that, you know, you talk about rights to vote, but do you believe that only U.S. citizens should be voting in this election and doing anything to make sure that only eligible people vote in elections? Yes and yes. Okay, I would like to see that, what you do. Thank you. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, Victoria Sparks, congressman from Indiana 5, joins us. We've played these two clips because of some of the most powerful and dramatic time of members of Congress trying to represent the people, trying to have oversight on this administrative state, which in their arrogance just is going to do what they're going to do. Congressman Sparks, uh, your, your thoughts. Uh, thank you, Steve. And, and Lisa, this is my frustration with the Republicans, because we can do a lot of letters and all the beats as, but you know it very well. The only thing that matters in Washington, D.C. is money. And if we are not doing proper authorization of spending where Department of Justice and FBI don't come to our committee where we have to, they have to justify what are they doing with their money and we take some money from them, then they will care less. I had maybe a little bit rude statement what you can do by what was our letters, what you send them. That the only thing will get the attention. You know, it's actually money. And we're doing nothing to take a deep dive what's happening with, you know, with the spending. Because devil is always in the details. And this is our number one job. And I was very frustrated that Kevin didn't want and convinced other Republicans not to do the rule on forcing authorization, at least improvement in some authorization for some major issues like DOJ and FBI. I mean, yeah, we can talk about, you know, FISA reauthorization, but that's not going to solve all the issues that within that department. And I think that's unfortunate where we are today. And I'm very frustrated with my party first because, listen, I take accountability for my leaders. I take accountability for my party. And if my party doesn't deliver, you know, the other side is able to destroy and help pretty much, I'll be honest with you, this is a tyranny what's happening. You know, our, you know, we had a revolutionary war not to have a tenure. We are oppressing people where people now will be afraid and say like, well, I don't like what Sparks has to say, but I'm not going to do demonstration in Washington, D.C. because they say, you know, I'm an insurrectionist now. I'll be afraid. People are intimidated now to be able to say, I disagree with the government. You have a right to disagree. You don't have a right to be violent and hurt anyone, but you have a right to disagree with the government. If we lose that right, our republic is completely lost, and all people that died for us to have it are gone. And if our republic is gone, everyone else can go to hell too, because we're the only country left that is going to fight the righteous fight. And unfortunately, if we don't do something to save this republic soon, 
It's going to be a big disaster. And it breaks my heart that Republicans always wait for this magic, perfect moment, which will never happen. And we've punted some issues for decades now. Congressman, uh, how do you see what's your recommendation? What happens over the next couple of days and next week? What, what is your recommendation to how we get out of this? Well, I think it's important, and I said to Kevin, he has to now discuss with people, you know, that really, you know, conservatives, you know, they cannot be threatened. I told him a long time ago, if you're going to threaten me, I'm going to dig in nowhere in hell. I don't care who had to do what. I don't care what you're going to say. I will definitely never vote for that. I don't think he understands real conservative that came from the trenches. They are not puppets and they are not going to be, you know, uh, oppressed and not going to be threatened. You know, you have to have a conversation. That conversation should have happened a while ago, but he now needs to meet with people and figure out how he can address this concern, then get to the rest of the people, because it's not all this like families meeting everything. We all have to be able to figure out our differences. And I think there are some things actually were very positive in the debate. And a long time ago I told him, we need to have productive debates, not a 30, 30 second things. You cannot really you know, explain anything in 30 seconds on major issues where we have to have as a group to deliberate debate and come to the decision and conclusion and address people's concern because a lot of people have legitimate concerns and see how we can come together because we can, we shall and will and in a lot of issues we have a very strong agreement. So he has to now work with these people and figure out and some of them it will be very difficult to figure out how to do because the short frame is very short right now but I think he can and he individually, I think he should not be sending people at this point but personally start meeting with these people and trying to figure out and then let everyone know what he could figure out. That's now up to him to figure out or he might not be a speaker. And unfortunately, that might lead us to a lot of other things that unfortunately might be not very nice and we might lose the majority. I hate to tell you. And I don't want that happening. So I told him I'm willing to help as much as I can. But ultimately, that's up to him now to figure out. Uh, Congressman, we only got like a minute, and I, I know the audience wants to answer you this question. You've announced that you're not going to run for re-election. Family, you want to spend more time with your, your daughters in high school. What would it take to have you reconsider that? Because, as you know, this House is lacking in fighters, and I think everybody is in agreement with you that you're a fighter. Well, what would it take to do that? Well, thank you. Uh, listen, I've been in the trenches fighting for many years now, and it's exhausting, and I'm willing to fight the fight, but, you know, it's, sometimes it's very difficult to be one woman standing. We need to have more leaders, you know, fighting with us. And unfortunately, if I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to win some battles for the people, even if I'm standing alone, I am going to win some battles and whatever it takes. And I think we have few people that are willing to also join in, but it will take more than that. And I think it will take good leadership and we need to see that. And I think in some ways, you know, if I'm going to take so much time from my family, my children that I barely see, you know, I'm willing to do it, but I'm willing to do it if we really want to make a difference to the country here and not sit here and be on TV and write books. That's not the goal of my life. I mean, it is a great honor. It's a great honor to be part of the United States Congress, this powerful institutions that can do so much good, but it's a huge responsibility. And someone who doesn't like government in general, 
I understand, you know, the sacrifices you have to make, but they have to be worthwhile. And I think a lot more people will be willing to make some tough votes if they're meaningful. It's not like we make some votes just for the show and it goes nowhere. We have to deliver results. And I haven't seen that yet, unfortunately, from many leaders of my party. You know, one thing, you know, hate him or love him, you know, President Trump delivered more than anyone ever on things that he promised. He probably could do more. And I think, you know, he might do more, you know, but unfortunately, most of my politicians here, they do a lot of great deal of talk, but they do not fight for actions to win. Congressman, uh, what's your social media? How do people follow you? Well, it's, uh, you know, you can, it's my official account. It's uh, at RepSparts, S-P-A-R-T-Z. And I also have uh, one Victoria Sparts. I haven't done too much social media, but I probably need to do more. Thank you. We'll follow you. Thank you, ma'am. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. Check this out. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. She was a victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and took over as the new owner. Now she's fighting back to get her home back. This is why I say if you own a home or a property, get home title lock. Your home property inequity are the most valuable assets you have. By the way, there's reported 80 to 90% of your net worth of average Americans net worth is in their home and home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a 24 seven shield around your home's title. Let me repeat a 24 hour, seven day a week, 365 day shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, They help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already a victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Bannon. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. Protect yourself. Do it today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, the volunteer state, the great state of Tennessee, has been at the forefront in leadership of this historic fight that we have seen today that really, quite frankly, I think is ascending the House of Representatives in a, in a very different direction. Uh, both Andy Ogles and, of course, Tim Burchett, uh, have both been at the tip of the spear of this. Andy Ogles was on John Fredericks. Remember, he played the clip in this morning. We said, hey, I think we got 20 people against the CR. And as it turned out, the CR got tossed aside. Now, a lot of games being played right now. Uh, McCarthy uh, kind of bent this afternoon, sent everybody home, says we're going to follow the Gates plan next week of going to um, the individual appropriations bills, which we should have done months ago. This is what we argued about. Let me bring in Congressman Ogles, uh, who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a long time and uh, is a big uh, fan favorite here in the world. Uh, Congressman, I just want to go quickly. You put down a series of demands 
to say, hey, if this year is going to be real, maybe I'll think about it, but you got to do the following. you got to fund the wall, close the border. You have to establish a House bird committee on reduction of non-essential spending. You have to release all the J6 videos, and you have to use a Holman rule to defund Mayorkas and defund uh, Jack Smith. Uh, how important do you think that list of demands and your maniacal focus on setting things right do you think uh, changed McCarthy's opinion? Well, you know, for, you know, uh, if you look at that list, number three and four, the, the videos could be released right now. They could be released tonight. You could check that off. Uh, the select committee on uh, when it comes to defunding unnecessary spending, that the speaker could do that again, literally with the stroke of the pen. And so that sends a message to the American people that we're serious. I was just on the phone with President Trump about an hour ago talking about this process and how broken and weaponized the government is. And he said, he just said, thank you. Thank you for fighting back and being one of the voices uh, for America, because look, I'm fed up, you're fed up, and quite frankly, I think America's fed up. I want to know, you came up through the ranks, you were a mayor, and, and you've, you've had to be an executive and deliver for the people. Is that the problem we have here? Do we have too many people that are just legislators or just lawyers, and they don't realize that this thing is about action, action with the, the nations in a crisis, in a financial and fiscal crisis, and they just don't get it. I mean, did your time as mayor inform what you're doing now? And, and maybe the leadership just doesn't quite get how serious this is, and quite frankly, how dug in your constituents are on these issues? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite frankly, you know, I, I realize I'm the new kid on the block, you know, but but I'm frustrated. Here we are. September 30th was our deadline. Uh, September 30th didn't move on the calendar. We've known for months that this was going to happen. And so why weren't these bills scheduled? Why weren't we staying during the August recess? I came here to do a job. And I'm offended that anybody would go home at the or the idea of even going home when we have a job to do. I mean, if we have a government shutdown, people, uh, you're going to have people that aren't coming to work because they're going to be temporary uh, furloughed. That's not acceptable, folks. We've got to do our jobs. You expect us to do our jobs. And so what you see happening right now is a member-led initiative where some of us got together and said, you know what, if, if there's not a plan, we're going to come up with a plan. And quite frankly, it's a broad coalition. So uh, I expect, I've, I was advocating just in a meeting earlier that we uh, have a rules vote tonight and we start voting on appropriations bills on Saturday. I'm committed to staying here. Uh, look, I realize Sunday, Monday, or a holiday for some. I, I, I respect that. But for, we can stay through Saturday. We can get as much done between now and Saturday for the American people because we only have a few days left, right? And so for us to be able to look the American people in the eye and say that we're doing the best we can do, that we're fighting for you, we have to stay here and we have to do our jobs. And And... Your program or what you're recommending as you build this coalition is you're going to go through each of these appropriations bill in regular order as they should have been. Talk about the uh, the woke and weaponization, getting them out and talk about these cuts, the, the budget cuts in the appropriations process. Well, so I was one of the 20. Right. And, and we fought for individual spending bills. So we were told, to your point, that we would have 12 spending bills again. We could have had the, all of this stuff teed up weeks and weeks ago. And so, yes. 
we're going to go vote on each one of those one by one. And look, you may have one or two of them that fail, but you know what you do? Because we're the House of Representatives, you go back, you do another draft, and you put it before the body. That's what our founding fathers intended. John, Ad John Quincy Adams loved the House of Representatives because that's where you fought and you argued it was the people's house. And that's what we need to be doing right now, not, not going to parties and fundraisers and doing all the other stuff. We need to stay here, we need to stay late, and we need to be voting on these appropriations. And so I've been allowed advocate for no CR and getting the appropriations process done. I, I know you get a bounce, but the, the last question, do you think that leadership in this process, and quite frankly, it's been humiliating for them, that they understand that you people are serious and that the time for gimmicks and games are over and we've got to be straightforward in how we do this and straightforward with the American people? Well, I mean, I think if, if anyone had any, any idea or question about my resolve or, or some of our resolve, you, all you have to do is go back to January, right? We fought for a rules package. We didn't back down until we got it. And same here with the CR. Look, we have a job to do. We're the House of Representatives. And so, yes, it, I'm somewhat baffled. Uh, I don't know if they thought that they could jam us uh, or if maybe they could thought they could blame us. But uh, we're taking, you know, again, we're leading. Uh, I think you've got a lot of people that really want to make cuts. Uh, we want to make cuts on behalf of the American people. And since the, the leadership didn't calendar it, we're taking the initiative to try to get this done. And now what we need to do, again, like I said, and I'll say it again, we need to stay here in D.C. and we need to work. And I'm committed to doing that. Congressman, how do people follow you on social media? Go to your site. Where, where do people find out more about your fight here? Yeah, you just look up andyogles.com or repogles on uh, Twitter or X or Twix, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I'm easy to find. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I appreciate all that you do uh, in the fight for conservative, uh, conservatism and just being a voice of reason, quite frankly. Well, I got to tell you, you're one of the heroes. People, uh, people love you and have your back. Just remember that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Yeah. You're seeing the fighters here. By the way, it was, don't these people were put under enormous pressure. What happened today was historic. There's never been a speaker in the House in the history of this body, in the history of this republic, that publicly threw in the towel like he threw in the towel and went in a totally different direction of what Congressman Ogle said was the original deal that was cut. And remember, that fight was historic in, in, its, in its nature. Um, and this is what's happened today is historic. We're a long way from victory. But remember, victories beget victories. And today was unbelievable about what happened. Uh, Congressman Burchett, do we have do we don't have the cold open from? Uh, OK, I want to play by the thank you so much for joining us. Now that you're a big star in CNN, for those that didn't see it, uh, Congressman was on with uh, Abby Phillips last night, I think for eight minutes, really explaining and I think very and for the CNN audience, it must have been shocked given what they were being spun during the day. But you kind of laid out, hey, this is the way it's going to be, and we're not going to back down, and this CR is going to just go – is not going to pass, and we're going to get down to the basics. So tell us what's transpired since last night when you were with Abby Phillips with CNN until right now. Well, that, that sort of started a firestorm. I'm here, uh, and I've heard a lot of my, our members basically quoting me and um, – Folks back in East Tennessee have been very supportive. It's it's kind of odd, you know. You're talking about a, a shutdown, and uh, and our calls have been incredibly favorable towards what we're trying to do, and they understand what we're what we're up against. Um, and today, of course, um, our friend Matt Gates put together a a pretty good idea. He's got an incredible mind, 
and he um, and he uh, put together a plan, and we were up there in the whip's office. Of course, the very moment you know we thought we were able to um, <clears throat> get a bill to the floor or get something going, and not send everybody home. And of course, they'd already sent a notice out that said there'll be no more votes, which is basically the signal to go home. And you know, and several people are already home. People are at the airport, and and uh, I mean, of course, the the swamp creatures—they're all be here both parties because they live up here. They never go home to their district except for a photo op or get a check or something. So, um, you know, then, and Matt's plan is, is pretty simple. You know, we just going to, uh, item, you know, they have to be, uh, the topic has to be very, the vote has to be very centric to that issue. And, um, instead of these huge CRs, continued resolutions, which is what they, will always pass. They'll pass a continued resolution, then they'll pass another one. They do a 30-day. And, you know, and the argument they made was, we need to pass these res- this re- continued resolution so we don't pass any more continued resolutions. And, of course, the point I made was, <laughs> you know, you don't you don't give a heroin addict more heroin to get him off of heroin. You know, hell, you, 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 get him, you quit giving him heroin. That's what you do, and you quit doing these continued resolutions. And that's what we forced, too. We forced some sanity, I think, into this situation and let the Senate do what the Senate does. But but at least today, the people won, I feel. Now, and, and to, to go back to it, because as we come in, Schumer's talking about he's going to do a CR. You've got uh, a, uh, a, a discharge petition. Maybe the Democrats, some of the guys in New York may be working on that. Who knows? All these other gimmicks. But you guys are very straightforward. You agreed to do these individual appropriations bills so that you could get the woke and weaponize out, get the cuts there, and that was going to take time. Leadership decided for whatever reason to jam you guys up. But today, just for the audience, you you undid that. We're back to actually getting serious with this and getting into these appropriations bills, correct? That is correct. Um, you know, yesterday during the meeting – uh, Matt told me that uh, the uh, the chair the chairwoman of appropriations during our supposed mandatory two and a half berating meeting, and she went to a um, a fundraiser with a bunch of lobbyists. You know, this is, and that just tells you how broke this system is, and how broke our leadership in both parties is. Do you think you've sent a message today to leadership, no more gimmicks, that you guys are prepared to come together and actually unify and, 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 and have, a, uh, have a very thoughtful process here and also a discussion with the American people about what the real state of the nation's uh, economics and finances, uh, finances are? I think we did, but I don't know what they're going to do with it, Mr. Bannon, to be honest with you, because uh, you know, I've I studied – I'm not – sharpest knife in the drawer, obviously, but I, I study leadership and I study, I study dictators. I study mobsters. I study, um, uh, I've studied Jimmy Hoffa extensively in their styles of leadership and successful leaders time and time again, they put out a point or an issue and then they, they do their, their homework ahead of time, first of all, and then they put this issue out and people rally around it. We don't have that right now. We have folks saying, I'll jump on board if we got enough votes to pass it. Well, that's not leadership. That's that's the tail wagging the dog. That is not good. That is a bad, that sends a bad message. 
because we could really get jammed up on something and get real emotional and and uh, and blow the whole deal. So we need to we need to analyze this and make sure we never do this again. And I don't know what we do to uh, stop us from it because people in charge. I mean, you know, they're they're sending us home. And Americans, you know, people back in Tennessee, you know, people in Tennessee, they work pretty hard, brother. And they, you know, you, you tell them we're, we're going to go into work at 10 o'clock to do some votes. We're going to go uh, have a closed door meeting for lunch, you know, and we're going to cater in pizzas. We're going to take two hours off from that and then go maybe vote later in the afternoon. That's not work. To me, that is uh, that is an arrogance beyond belief. And we've got to get past that up here. And it's just, uh, I know it's, I know it's can culture. You, can you just hang over for a second? We'll take a short commercial break. I want, I want to return yes, with sir. this concept. You're a student of leadership. Is that where the problem is here? Short commercial break. Congressman Tim Burchett, Tennessee 2, joins us. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. ...out for you and other members <laughs> in a meeting tonight, a plan that would keep the government open for 30 days and would do that at levels of $1.47 trillion of spending. It also adds a commission to address the debt and border security in that package, my question to you is, are you on board with this plan? No, ma'am, I'm not currently. Um, the, the package as you described, I mean, we take in around $5 trillion a year, and conservative estimates say we're probably going to spend $7 trillion a year. We just pa passed um, $33 trillion in debt. And these commissions, um, they don't have any legislative ability. And if we give them that, are we violating the constitution by giving somebody authority okay. over ourselves we've had this was last night and and, and i want to thank uh abby phillips for um for having matt gates on followed uh, two nights later by tim burchett but that was really the shot 
across the bow, Congressman, that kind of got the momentum shifted back to when people heard you saying, hey, this is not going to happen, not going to happen on my watch, and I've got a number of people that are lined up with me. I think it started to dawn on folks that the CR was DOA. Walk us through, you're a student of leadership. Is Can we go forward in particular, are we just, are we just wasting time until there's a leadership change, or do you, you men and women, from Sparts to Ogles to Burchett to, you know, Gates, Anaplan and Luna's out tweeting right now, all of them, you know, the great Eli Crane, all you folks. Do you think it's enough for that group to come together and try to start to get some logic back in this and have this conversation? Or do we need to deal with this leadership situation right now, sir? Well, I, I think in a vacuum, something's going to fill it. And I think as long as the conservative few of us keep filling it with this information that, that people will turn this way. I think they'll, people will start getting messages from home. It's kind of like the UFO issue. Nobody, everybody was making fun of me until they got three phone calls from home from their contributors. So I'd submit to you that, that we, I, I feel like the American public knows we need a change, whether that's in a person or just their attitude towards what's going on in our country. Because right now, Mr. Bannon, we, we the vacuum is there. You know, you can't just and, and I should have corrected the lady on CNN last night, but I did, and I was trying to be nice. But that was a plan that you know Chip Roy that they were talking about, like that she was talking about something Chip Roy and some others had put together, and I don't know. It's um, it it was sort of convoluted as far as I could see, and. Um, and, and the way our leadership seems to operate is they wait until they see a majority of people and then they break in that direction. And then they, they is that, you know, the, the trains left the station and they get on, get in front of it and ride it over the finish line and then do the press conference and talk about how successful they are. And we just can't continue in that direction that, you know, Pelosi, if you studied her model, she always won, almost always won. And yet, if and, and people feared her, and it was the carrot and the stick with her. You either get the carrot or you got the dadgum stick. And she would it, it, she would put an issue out, and people would rally around it. But she did her research beforehand. I've talked to Democrats, try to figure out her her, her modus operandi, if you will, mo, and um, and that was what it was. She did her research. She knew what the bulk of her people thought, and then she would put it out there. And then the people would come to her and say, Hey, I'm for this. I'm against this. And she'd say, well, if you're against it, what can I do to get it there? And it, it wasn't just a surprise. And it, that's, that's why we get these embarrassments. That's why we send people home. People have already flown home and now they're going to fly back to that tomorrow morning, you know, quit with that stuff, you know, get a clear directive, say what we're going to do, have a schedule, talk to people, build a consensus, and pass the legislation if need be. And clearly right now, it's just the tail wagging the dog. You've got all these different groups, and, you know, they're going to say, oh, at the end, when we get it worked out, which we will eventually, people will talk about it and say, oh, the compromise, that's what worked, that's what worked. Well, no, it didn't. What worked was a group of brave people got put something forward, and people rallied around it. And then they, and the others said, you know, I don't want to be on the losing end of this deal. This is this makes perfectly good sense. Let's go with this. And that's that's how you, you, you pass legislation, not what we're doing now. 
because it's embarrassing. You know, they go to the floor and they um, they'll today on the on the defense authorization, the 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 bill to allow us to vote on it. They didn't have the votes again, second time. I mean, that's crazy, Mr. Bannon. That's crazy. They didn't. And a, a, a reporter asked me, why didn't you have the votes? I said, well, obviously somebody can't count because they and, and then you hear the, the folks who are supposed to be in charge of that and the leadership say, well, we just assumed that since they voted for it the last time, they vote for it this time. And that's it's Congress. I mean, this is this is a pretty tight deal here. We're 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 running a country, something that should be very, um, very important. And, and so um, I just feel like it's you know, they're enjoying the parties. They're enjoying the limelight. They enjoy, uh, you know, being treated at, at state dinners and things, and they need to get back with running the dadgum country because I don't give a rip about any of those stupid parties. Congressman, we, we, we know that given your uh, your time you spent here, your big f- uh, favorite of this audience. How do people follow you? Because this is getting intense. It's only going to get more intense. Yes, sir. Well, I've been hitting it pretty heavy on my at Tim Burchett x or twitter or whatever you want to call it and um it's just at t-i-m-b-u-r-c-h-e-t-t and that's and it and that's um i I appreciate anybody following me and and doing whatever i think that might have been a fake one i'm not sure what that was (laughs) i don't know that only had two followers i'm up i'm up to ninety five thousand. i'm not up to matt gates territory but i think i got ninety five thousand. so but anyway at tim burchett on twitter We'll make sure we follow you on the appropriate, on the official one, uh, because it does come in a little spicy. Congressman, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Thank you, brother. Keep putting the truth out there, Mr. Bannon. That gun people follow you all over this country and this world. And if people like you are well, putting the truth out there, the vacuum is there and the, and the, and the Marxists will win. And we're going to lose our dadgum country if we're not careful. Well, I got to tell you, we got a lot of fight, and it's the audience that does it, uh, Congressman, and that's what uh, has your back, has the folks in uh, Tennessee, too's back. Thank you. Honored to have you on here. Thank you, brother. A historic day. A lot more fight to go. Not going to get lulled to sleep. Got another hour. We're going to return. Want to make sure everybody goes to birchgold.com. Get the end of the dollar empire. You got to read the debt trap. That's some of the traps they set for us, but we're not going to fall into them. Also, I got a new fourth installment. Talk all about it. We come back in the next hour of the War Room. Back in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.